0: From AgExpert, it's the FCC Knowledge Podcast, a show that features great conversations about the business of farming while guiding you down the pathway to transition.
1: Have a general idea of what you own. That might sound obvious, but you'll ask someone like, do you have a company? Uh, Yes, they usually know that. Is all your cattle, equipment, and inventory in the company? Sometimes they're not sure. So knowing what's owned by who, because that's going to change the structure tremendously.
0: Hello, and welcome to episode four of our nine-part series all about your path to farm transition. Today, we're looking at how to identify and connect with the right experts. Connecting with a supportive, professional advisory team will help ease some of the stress that comes along with farm transition. In this episode, we are joined by FCC Business Advisor Joel Bokenfor, FCC Relationship Manager Jolene Bolding agriculture lawyer Reed Wilkie, and accountant Kari Speaker-Smith, who has been working with farm families for 30 years. All our guests today provide a lot of valuable information based on their wealth of personal and professional experiences. Get ready for some compelling discussion.
2: Hello, everyone. My name is Joel Bokenfor, one of our Farm Business Advisors with Farm Credit Canada, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. This series is called Your Path to Farm Transition for a Reason. Our team's met with families from across Canada, and we appreciate that so many farms are looking for the right way to transition, sort of a set path, but often for those of us involved in transition, although a farm might be similar, we're going to make slightly different choices. The people involved are going to have different uh, outcomes that they want to pursue, And it really is something that is unique to you and often describe it a little like avoiding a polar bear in a snowstorm, right? You can kind of spot the edges, see where you're going. But our hope with this series is it's really going to help kind of guide you down the right path. And so with that, and without further ado, maybe Jolene, I'll start with you. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself?
3: Uh, Hi, Joel. I'm Jolene Golding. I'm a senior relationship manager out of our Cameras Alberta office. I've been in the lending industry for over 20 years. I've had the pleasure to work with many farms as they work through a successful transition and, and had some uh, opportunities to see where, you know, it would have been nice to have the transition start a little sooner or um, start the process a little sooner. So thanks for having me.
1: Really looking forward to it. Uh, Reid, could we go to you next? Thanks, Joel. My name is Reid Wilkie. I'm a lawyer, agriculture lawyer based in Southeast Alberta and Medicine Hat, but uh I run offices in little towns, both Concert and Oyen, and travel extensively, I used to say just Southern Alberta, but I've making my way into Saskatchewan, even into Central Alberta quite a bit. So I put a lot of kilometers on. My background is actually a construction worker, I did that for 10 years, and I uh, got tired of freezing my hands over and over, and uh, graduated into uh, practicing a little bit of law, so to speak. So thanks for having
2: me. Definitely looking forward to it. And, and uh, last but not least on the list, uh, Kari, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself as well?
4: Hi, Joel. Thanks for letting me come today. Um, So I'm originally from southern Alberta, growing up on a farm there and gravitated to northern Alberta. And I've been working about 30 years with farm families, business families on succession planning and, and working with generational wealth. Our focus has really become um, that estate planning aspect and what does it look like long term, but as well just trying to get the stress down for families on how to get from point A to point B.
2: Yeah, thank you. And I'm really excited as well. We've got a great team here and uh, and kind of spanning the gamut a little bit. Uh, wanted to reach out and, and there's uh, many advisors that can be involved in a farm transition plan. But uh, often with the lending, the legal and the accounting uh, and advisory side, there's so many places that cross paths. It'll be nice to get some great perspective from kind of across the board here.
0: Maybe it's too on the nose. But of course, an episode about connecting with experts is going to include an all-star team of advisors. We have a farm business advisor, an FCC senior relationship manager, an agriculture lawyer, and an accountant. All great additions to a farm transition team.
2: First question, we're going to jump right into things. What do you see that's challenging about farms reaching out to kind of seek assistance when planning? And, and Reed, maybe I'll start with yourself.
1: You have a couple things. One would be they're not sure what to do. They, they have some ideas, but they don't really know which one they want to pursue um secondly it's not pressing um it's not like you got to get the seed in by x date it's a matter that's important but you know we, i'll put it off next year uh, we will talk about it you know after after spring, and we'll talk about it after harvest and so it keeps getting pushed off um usually until there's some you know critical event unfortunately sometimes those critical events can make it uh hard succession plan from so i would say um yeah those would be some of the two big factors
2: And Jolene, I guess kind of jumping over, swinging things your way kind of from the lending side of the things, things as well that you see that farms often, uh, you know, find it challenging to kind of reach out to get some support for, uh, for farm transition planning or to build a team?
3: Um, I would say a lot of the challenge can come with cost, finding out where they should start. I think that's always a bit of a challenge. It's what do we do first? Who do we talk to first? And then, you know, we've been fortunate to have your transition team and specialists to kind of help guide our, our clients. So that's been a good start.
2: Appreciate the plug. I'll, I'll pay you later on that one too. <laughs> but, uh, um, right. I think, you know, cost can be, a, can be a concern. And, and Kari, I know, like I, I, have joked with you offline too, whenever we don't, uh, whenever we're not certain of something, um, I say, Oh, that's a really good question. You should ask your accountant. Um, Uh, right to try to you know descend that way so you get you guys kind of get pulled into lots too but are there things you see from your kind of angle of it as well that anything kind of left on that list
4: yeah and i think i agree both with reed angeline and and it's the the worry too that maybe opening pandora's box you know you just there just seems to be such a, a big stress level in preserving legacy and wealth trying to pass things on to a generation and so um it's really working with the the advisors, but also looking at, Oh, okay. Well, if I bring all my advisors together, how much is this really going to cost me? And yet um, from our side, we're just seeing such great effective work. If you can get the team working together.
2: Yeah. I think those are some excellent points that we touched on um, right in terms of getting treated like event-based and right in cost and fees. And sometimes there's a danger of, of, of not doing that. I guess, um, Bree, kind of, kind of swing up to you, like, you know, farms that are asking, you know, how do I know if I've got a good advisor, a good lawyer and, and things like that? I guess curious for your thoughts or perspective on that. That's a
1: great question. Um, you know, cause if you ask, you know, someone, you know, do you do farms, do it do, do succession planning? You're going to find a tremendous number of individuals say yes. Um, you know, every bank, lending institution, um, investors, you know, all kinds of people are still going to say yes. That doesn't necessarily mean, that they're the right one for you, certainly. It doesn't mean they understand agriculture. Um, in some cases, it just might mean they understand their certain portion of it. So finding out who works for you is, that's, a, that's a big question. And, uh, I would say a couple of things that to factor in and trying to figure out, do I have the right person is, uh, first off, you got to, got to enjoy working with them a bit. You know, it's the you know, succession planning rarely gets done in, you know, one meeting. Um, in fact, I don't think I've got any that happen in one meeting. So you should enjoy working with the person. Um, you know, secondly, they should be listening. Right? Yeah, everyone says that, but they should be listening instead of going, you know, this is my cookie cutter answer. This is my cookie cutter structure that I kind of want to push you in because it's fast and it's easy. They should be listening to what you're saying. Um, secondly, they need to be making suggestions um, and suggestions you can actually understand, which can be a problem for some professionals. Um, do you do you get what they're saying? Do they make it relatable? Um, do they, can you actually understand going, I, I know what I'm doing here. And then they should be asking a lot of questions. I would say on a for a good succession planning, whether it's lender accountant lawyer, um, you know the technical aspect of the plan, while very important and essential, the soft issues is really where things are going to live and die and you have to figure out how to draft the technical plan in light of what the issues are on your farm. so they should be asking questions about you know how well do the to uh, do you get along with your in laws how well do you get along with uh, your daughter in laws your brother in laws um, you know, does everybody in the farm have the same vision for how um what we're going to be doing in the future for expansion for debt, all those kind of things? Because that's going to matter. It's their job then in listening, asking questions, and listening to kind of propose. Here's some different solutions for you. So if you're not if you're not getting that, you sh- you don't really want to have like a lawyer, for example. All they do is just follow the instructions the accountant gives. So that that's not giving a lot of value. So yeah, a lot of a lot of questions, and they should be questions about the in the dynamic of how your farm works.
0: The main idea for today's episode is cultivating a professional advisory team that shares your transition goals. Like Reed said, the biggest thing to consider is having a team that really listens to you. You want people that can ask the right questions and have thoughtful conversations about your vision all the way through the transition process. But what if it isn't always that easy? What happens if your circumstances are a little bit more complicated? How do you transition between professionals and which professionals do you need to call in? Our guests can give us some advice on when the situation is a little tricky.
4: I have a great example. I met with a farm family in the last year or so um, that I hadn't worked with before, and they had been prescribed a solution to save tax. And it was a complex family, a number of families involved. It was difficult maybe to really understand all the technical part that was behind it. And it affected a lot of family units. And when I arrived, um, the lead generation grandfather had passed and the will brought surprises that no one contemplated. And, and I think that's where really that multi advisory work and talking with farm families. What does the long term look like? And making sure that your advisors are taking enough time to look at the background information because those wills. Change the whole landscape of what all that tax planning did and nothing had been contemplated in that regard and there was a disconnect and so um, you know really having your advisors dig in to where do you want to go and like Reed said thinking really long term and that they're going to be with you long term.
2: I think that's a great point right is that getting that holistic touch to it um, and sometimes it does involve you know more than more than what we have here and are there other professionals that maybe aren't on our current team that we formed here
3: uh yeah absolutely um obviously talking to your accountant and your lawyer and the team we have here is very important and a great um place to start but there's situations or you know it's a family dynamic it's your family farm and and you know if the communication is kind of broke down or it's it's not really going anywhere definitely the use of like mediation or those types of things can be brought in to keep the communication going and and moving ahead. Depending on where the farm is sitting, that you know we can look at some investment advisors as well to to kind of handle that side of it. But yeah, there's definitely other people that need to be involved in the process when the situation calls for that.
2: I think absolutely a great point. Farms get um, cautious a little bit on you know on who they bring in or who they share their plans with and open up to. But it it becomes something that the more I think they do that it really can help kind of leapfrog their, their plan a bit to head. Um, Reed, anybody else kind of come into mind too? I know you, you deal with lots that are considering expansion plans and things like that too, as, as part of it and kind of making sure those numbers come uh, to make sense, but anything coming to mind there too, that you see?
1: Yeah. So you'd have a couple <coughs> professionals that would regularly um, be in the mix, depending on what stage they're at. So a common one that uh, all the time is you get your mom and dad, they're not ready to transition the farm over, but they're starting to have a conversation with, uh, you know, their, their son or their daughter. And, uh, you know, so my question is often going, well, what are they paying? Are we giving this to them? Are we giving them a portion? Are they paying, you know, un- under market value? I'd say there's very few that pay full market value. It's not real viable, buy- very viable anymore, but, um, and the mom and dad are often going, I, I don't know. I don't know how much I need, um, you know, so there's some ways to work with that, but sometimes a financial planner, um, especially one who's been with them for a while can be quite helpful because they can give them an accurate representation of going, here's what living expenses look like. Here's, here's realistically what you might be able to expect, um, on a return. If we take a lump sum payment from the kids, uh, what kind of return can we get, um, you know, depending on risk? So it's, it's nice when you have someone like that who's working there with them. Um, I would also say maybe we're buying life insurance, depending on, you know, that sometimes works for families. So you have a, if you have a good life insurance person, not the person who came and just knocked on their door cold calling, but, you know, someone who's really an excellent, excellent in that field can give them advice on, here's different types of insurance that might work. Maybe we end up doing it, maybe we don't, but at least it's some good, um, some good advice.
0: Picking your team of advisors can clearly be a challenging process. There are a lot of people out there who can help you with various aspects of the transition process. Some other experts that were mentioned were mediators, investment advisors, financial planners, and insurance brokers. We've talked to an auctioneer on the podcast and found that sometimes even they were key advisors for some farms. This is why it's important to assess what you specifically need help with, and then to sort of interview potential advisors to see who might be a good fit for you. Every transition situation is slightly different, and will likely need a unique group of advisors
2: there are lots of people that can come in and complement a plan but what I thought would be fun is if we chatted about a little bit of a case so we have a we have two case studies I want to walk through and I guess um, sometimes farms I think even knowing where to start or what should I bring in that would make my professionals life easier too can be a big conversation and go a long ways and just want to talk a little bit about what a farm could look at when they're just starting out so I'd, I'd uh, maybe get everybody to envision that client that they're just getting to work with and they're just starting that farm plan and they're asking about farm transition, Um, right? We don't have clear goals yet, but maybe the the junior gen is starting to show up on the farm a little bit more and we're just starting to plan. Um, I'm wondering if uh, we could speak to our profession specifically, what what a conversation with a professional would look like um, kind of on behalf of your profession and what they could bring to you that would really help you understand what they want to go and what they're struggling with at that at that current time. And uh, uh, Kari, maybe I'll start with you on this one.
4: It's, it's great working with the second, even third generation now of some of the farms that I've been w- involved with. And, and um, I, I, I'm really uh, impressed on how much more educated they are on, what do I need to bring? What are some of the new innovations? What's some of the new technology? But the basics is the financial information. Where are you at right now? What are you kind of doing to keep track of what's going on with the farm? What are the input costs? Um, What would you like to achieve in the next five years? Getting some of those basics down. Often I'll give a checklist to my new clients that are starting out and not much different than new businesses starting. Saying, here's some of the basic things. Let's just see where you're at. And then we can figure out, okay, from there, where would you like to go? And if you can't quite perceive you're going to get there yet, well, what what steps need to happen to make it get there?
2: And and anything stand out there too, like from that accounting side, you know, that, you know, that the next gen, like you mentioned, um, there's always a thing, oh, that's, uh, you know, that's mom and dad's advisor, yeah. right? Are we getting a fair shake on this as well? Are there things there that come to mind? Yeah, point?
4: first, I mean, really getting organized and helping them to understand what income and expenses are, but also what their balance sheet looks like. What are your assets right now? And what are your liabilities? And just learning the terms and and understanding, okay. Here's how we track what we do from year to year. So as well, we can see whether we have growth or not growth, set some goals.
1: Joel, I would, uh, to jump in on what, uh, what Kari said there, you'd ask the earlier question, how you know you have a good, um, a good advisor. This would be a great example where um, you should have an advisor who's willing to sit and explain some of those things. Um, I can could, I could think of I had a, had a young guy come into my office, great guy, sharp guy. And he even said to me, he said, Reed, he goes, I don't, I don't have anything specific I'm coming in for, but I have all these different ideas. Eventually I'm getting the farm from mom and dad and maybe from grandma and grandpa. And I got these different ideas. I don't know if they make sense. I don't even know how to structure this. Um, and he was very upfront. He says, he goes, I don't have much money to pay you. Um, I told him to tell you what. I said, I'll give you an hour of my time for free. Um, cause I could tell this guy's, a, you know, he's ambitious. Um, he's very smart. I said, um, you know, and you know, from a selfish point of view, to be honest, you go, you know what, he, I'm a, gonna be around here a long time. So is he I'll probably end up to working with him. And uh, so I sat there for an hour. We talked structure, we talked different strategies on land bids, um, all kinds of different things, and uh gave him a bunch of time. I know many accountants will do the same thing. They'll walk the, the junior farmer through here's here's financials, here's financial statements, here's what these different things mean. Um, and th- a good advisor should be doing that. You should not and and you should be comfortable to ask him that.
2: And and um, while we're, while you're kind of here, I do want to stick on, on this point a little bit too. I know you mentioned, uh, or, you know, we talked about farm transition sometimes being event based or things like that, right? From the legal profession, uh, as well, Reed, like, are there certain specific things that in this case that somebody brought into you would really make a difference that, um, you know, if they've got this, what really helps support you, I guess, on the right plan? yeah so i I'll give an
1: example. I had someone come in uh last week um a client referral brand new client never met with them, so they sat down first off they you know they have a general idea of what you own that's that might sounds obvious, but you'll know, ask someone like uh you know do you have a company uh, yes, they usually know that is all your cattle equipment and inventory in the company or land um, yeah, you know, sometimes they're not sure. So no, knowing what's owned by who, because that's going to change the structure tremendously. Like Kari said, what are you trying to do? And I'll give you some examples of that. Are we trying to put a will in place because mom and dad are still involved? They still want to be around for a long time, um, and they're not looking to get out, but they just want to have a will that if, you know, as I said, if they got run over by a tractor, it's not going to be a disaster. You know, they've got their own what they want to transition from that traditional will that they drafted when their kids were young that says equally divided between the kids. That's not the plan anymore. Well, all right. Then what we're doing there is we're putting a will together saying here's in a critical event. Here's what's going to happen. Um, you know, that's going to transition. You know, whereas if they sit, come in and say, um, I need a new will, but I'm also looking to take a step back. I only want to be there for seeding and harvest um, and we're going to transition some control. OK, we're doing a will and we're doing some other things. So what their what their goal is. Um, for themselves, they don't need exact dates, but if they have a bit of an idea, you know, or I want to be out within five years or down to part-time in five years, okay, we can, we can work with that. So a timeline is very important because that's going to dictate what kind of documents and what kind of plan gets put into place. It's always nice working with time.
0: After the break, our all-star advisor team will continue to explore a transition case study and we'll also provide some great advice about where to start when picking advisors. Stick around, there's a lot to take in.
1: If it's worth $5 million or $10 million or $35 million, it still grows the same amount of canola, feeds the same number of cows, whatever it is. What is it cash flow? What's the revenue of this? Because that's going to determine what are you giving to your successive generation.
0: FCC Knowledge Podcast is brought to you by AgExpert, farm management software designed for Canadian agriculture. Learn more at agexpert.ca. Just a reminder to like, follow, or subscribe to our podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd also love to hear from you. Feel free to drop us a line at podcasts at FCC.ca. Welcome back to the second half of the podcast. So far, we've been deep diving into the selection of a good advisory team for your farm transition. One of the biggest takeaways is that there are a lot of different advisors out there and everyone's transition needs are a little different. You need to ask a lot of questions and sort of interview potential advisors to find a good fit. Don't be afraid to reach out to people to ask how they may fit into your transition. The reality is, you really do need a good grasp of your farm's current state and your overall vision for transition before understanding who might be a good fit for your team. This is why the previous steps in the transition process are so vital. Because how can you possibly know who to ask for help if you don't know what you need help with? It might benefit you to go back and listen to the previous three episodes of this season's podcast, if you haven't already, as we cover the first three steps in the transition process. On that note, Let's rejoin our advisors team as they continue analyzing a transition case study.
2: Moving along, let's say we're we're maybe 10 years down the road for now, right, as we kind of evolve in this case study. And now we're in a place where, you know, there might be a little bit of friction that's getting introduced to the plan. We'll go with maybe the classic case that uh, mom and dad, you know, have, have indicated they want to do a transition. We're uh, farther down the road and Maybe having a little bit of trouble letting go of the farm or transferring things in or or making progress right maybe some things have changed in our mind and the junior gen's coming in now and they have kids of their own and their own concerns. what might change in your plan?
3: hearing from both parties um uh, gen one and gen gen two definitely can bring light on what each party has expectations are I guess timelines when you ask gen one the timeline might be ten years and gen two's thinking it. Should be next week, so I think that can change the dynamic a little bit as well. They may have had more opportunity to to start their plan, so getting that background, especially if it's a new customer, a background of what that plan looks like, and again, collaboration between the team.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think get right, and then and then also right. That might be time to be going back out to other professionals as well, and and maybe I'd lead back into that. Uh, Rita, maybe kind of that same case. Then again, we're. Your clients a little bit farther down the road and, and things maybe aren't going to plan. How, how could your advisor step in there to kind of help make some sense in your role? How does it maybe change things a bit for you? Well, it can change it quite a bit. Um, the, uh, the, one of the biggest things it's, uh,
1: it can be the greatest frustration on an estate plan or sometimes the make it work the, work the best when they can be very frank about what their concerns are. Um, and sometimes that takes a meeting or two for them to be comfortable to really open up. So when someone has certain concerns, you know, you can, there's often a plan that can address them, but they can't be addressed unless you know what they are. So let's, let's walk through a bunch of the classic ones. Um, you know, I'm concerned about my, you know, my inheriting son or inheriting daughter's marriage. You know, they've, they've and always, every farmer has a bunch of horror stories from somewhere around them that the farm got broken up or sold out or whatever because of a divorce. That's a huge factor, especially with the number of zeros in the end of uh, land prices, quota, et cetera. That, that has to, that, even if that's not a concern of yours, that should be addressed in the plan. Um, control. Dad might say, you know what, I, I think I got a lot to offer. I don't mind transitioning planning, but I don't want to be out. Okay, we can work with that. You know, let's say if you've got multiple operators together, one son might go, I'm not real crazy about working with my brother. I might like the guy, but uh, I don't want to run a business with him. Um, So a bunch of the different issues, you know, I usually want the client to say, all right, give me your top three concerns and be realistic. I, it's very frustrating when someone will say, ah, no, I'm sure it'll all go right. We just want a really basic will. I'm sure the family will get along. You know, I, and I always tell them, I hope you're right. I really do, but it might be foolish to plan on that when, when the value of land or quota or equipment, um, is what it is. It's just, there's too many zeros to that, uh, you know, if you're wrong to be able to fix it. So knowing what the issues are, um, as the people are honestly concerned about are quite good. Um, very important. I would even say sometimes we keep circling back to, you know, someone will say, you know, well, tell us what your plan is. I, I've encountered it where a client doesn't really know what their plan is but they can tell me what their plan isn't. And sometimes that can work to get there. If they say, you know what? I know my, this happened to this neighbor. This happened to my brother. This happened to the, I don't want these things. These are my concerns. And so they're sort of paralyzed because they're feeling, well, I don't want a divorce to blow up the farm and I don't want my son to overspend and overextend himself. But then I heard. And so they can sometimes get stuck just because they have so many horror stories that they go, I'll just do nothing. Well, make no mistake. Doing nothing has its own cost. Sometimes an exceptionally high cost. I got, Okay, I'm sure the other presenters, too, have t- tons of horror stories of people who did nothing. But if someone comes and says, here's my concerns, that, you can work with that. Sometimes you can work backwards and put a plan together. So even if you don't know exactly what you want to do, if you know what I don't want to do, you can sometimes get there, too.
0: The idea of revisiting your plan seems to be a common theme this year on the podcast. Sometimes as you get further into transition, certain aspects of your plan might not work anymore. You might need to revisit an advisor and adjust certain parts of your plan. Or maybe it's time to bring on another advisor. I think it's really crucial to be adaptable and to work towards solving new problems when they arise. Don't be afraid to ask for help when
2: needed. I, I guess I'd be curious is there, uh, as farms are thinking about this and they're thinking, okay, I'm, I'm building my transition team in these scenarios, but what advisor should they maybe go in and, and see first? Or, you know, in that kind of back to that first thing, how do they start to lay it back out? Um, Properly, right? It takes a lot of family discussion to kind of get there eventually when, you know, you're trying to find something the whole family supports. Kari, kind of while we're sticking with you on that one, is there somebody that you see them kind of go into first or or maybe having that first conversation with their accountant to kind of either either spin on that for yourself?
4: Yeah, yeah. Not to say mine, mine is first, but generally where, where all the financial data may already be residing, um, and a lot of the history, I know even for ourselves, we have a lot of land titles already pulled and and doing things with estate planning. We've inventoried for a lot of our clients a lot more than just their tax returns and their corporate financial statements, um, shareholders agreements, those kind of things. So if you don't have a legal advisor, generally that's a great place to start because a lot of that information may have been gathered already in conjunction with your tax advisor or accountant. Um, and. Uh, if not, I do see whether it's starting with a lawyer or us, both of us are trying to pull in a lot of that information just to get a good baseline to provide, whether it's you at the FCC team or, or other advisors that they might have assisting them. Um, and generally, that's where the longer trusted relationship has started. So often that's where we're seeing those farm families initiate the conversations.
2: Angelina, I know you get to be part of so many conversations about what we're trying to get accomplished I guess are there things there you see too that hey we've you know how we can help unpack some of these things a little bit but uh, kind of building that team you you have some of those key questions when they first bring it up that maybe stick out to you
3: a couple questions that I I always ask is where are you now where are you sitting today like what does this situation look like and where do you want it to go and what does that look like and not just tomorrow or you know after harvest it's in 10 years and for the, you know, for the grandkids or, you know, even further down the line is, is the legacy of the farm the most important or is keeping the family happy, the most important. And, and sometimes those questions can lead to different answers than what, what are, what are each of the parties thinking versus get that communication
4: out?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, and I, and it speaks to me, I know whenever we've like, it is that that value of getting the whole family to try to pick a path and and work on something together so that, you know, like to your point, right? There is some family harmony there, uh, along with the chosen path, right? That the that uh, they get to support the plan that they help build. And and Reed, I guess I'd be I'd be curious, kind of from a from a legal perspective on this too, right? I'd be curious. You're starting things on the legal profession. You've spoken lots of good questioning and things like that, but just kind of that same along that same line. What comes to mind for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question.
1: And uh, so I would say first off would be what. You know, someone says, where are you, where are you trying to go? That's a broad question. And also I sometimes try to provide a little more detail for the client. Okay. What's, what's your number one priority? Are we trying to pay off debt? Okay. Um, sometimes for a, like a livestock operator, maybe we are trying to re um, expand the herd, build it back up to capacity. All right. Maybe we have an uncle. We know some point in the next 15 years doesn't have a successor and he's probably going to put his land up for sale. Okay. So what's, what's the pressing matter? Um, what are we trying to do? So, like where, where where are we going? That's sort of some of the 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 putting trying to put legs to that question. We have to give a priority because the reality is with, with uh succession planning, the farm is best if it pays no money out to any non-farmers. You know, that's gonna leave most money on the operation for it to expand, pay off debt, grow. But I know practically that doesn't work. We're gonna have to provide some something to the non-farmers. Um, so it's always trying to go, what kind of balance are we are we holding here between um you know the viability of the farm because if we, if everyone's just going to get traded dollar for dollar equal, um, I have yet to see a farm survive that. You know they just don't cash flow enough. Lands worth too much, quotas worth too much. It's going to get sold. So we're trying to balance family harmony and the viability of the farm. Um, and so I would say that's that's probably one of the biggest questions. And so trying to provide some solutions. One of my solutions, it's not a solution, that's a different way of looking at. It. I usually try to foretell the client. Let's try to get away from what the dollar figure of the farm is worth on paper. Cause if it, you know, whether if it's worth 5 million or 10 million or 35 million, it still grows the same amount of canola, feeds the same number of cows, whatever it is. What is a cash flow? What's the revenue of this? Um, cause that's going to determine what are you giving to your successive generation? Are we giving them a, an operation that makes a ton of money? Well, okay. Maybe we can't afford to pay out a lot more, but if you're giving them maybe a really valuable operation that doesn't make any money why would we want to try and saddle it with another humongous payment you No. Know, so in that case then i suggest well if we're going to give this cash trapped operation that's worth a lot of money maybe we need to be focusing on making sure the successive generation doesn't doesn't sell it quickly because you know everyone might be okay with the plan until you know farming farming child goes farms it for a couple of years and sells it so those are some of the trying the legs that i try to put to the question and and uh you know circling back to a good advisor i think a good advisor should be Not just go, what's your plan? You know, they try to flush it out and actually help you realize, because sometimes the
2: client just doesn't even know. Absolutely right. Like it's a big puzzle to try to unpack because there are all those what ifs that we're dealing with, right? And so it's taking perspectives, right? And, And kind of channeling it through, right? To get that advice and input.
1: To Kari's point, it's great when the advisors talk because uh, you know I'll, I'll you know I'll I always ask who's your accountant, so I'll call the accountant. Your your advisors should be chatting, um, so not putting the client in the middle, so the client's not stuck conveying messages, or um, and sometimes it's hard to be you know totally frank too.
0: Our all-star team of advisors provide a lot of questions to ask of yourself when starting a transition process and putting together a team of experts. I really like this idea of asking whether or not the legacy of the farm is more important than keeping the family happy. Maybe there's a way to balance both ideas. There are a lot of big-picture questions to answer, and clearly your family needs to be aligned. A good team of advisors will make sure you're paying attention to the right things, and will help you discover what it is you're really aiming for.
2: Are there tools you use as professionals that, um, you know, a farm can maybe start or get something drafted or help kind of move things around that does make it much easier if they walk in with something that, uh, that kind of moves it forward. And and Kari, are there things for you that stick out there that yeah, help communicate to other professionals or that a family can use as kind of an anchor?
4: Yeah, we've, we've used this in the past. And then we, we found a model that just works really good. It's called a one page plan, but essentially just putting your, your vision and core values um, and you can do it individually as family members or, or as a group. Um, and I'll give Mind Shop credit from, for where that one page plan comes from. But, um, essentially putting those core vision and values and then saying, what are your goals as a family? Um, and, or individually as individual families within the unit. And based on those goals, then we can work on strategies as an advisor and it's, nice because it's one page. Everybody can look at it. You can be reintroduced to it, but you can also be accountable to it and pick people. Okay. Who's, if it's on the lending side, you know, we need to get some more lending and this is what's going to happen. Who's responsible for that. And who's going to make sure that that gets done. Keep it simple.
2: Absolutely. And, um, right. And, and this is one I'm hoping that, um, um, reader Jolene, if either of you want to jump in as well to right things that you see that work well, pull in that information,
1: your professionals should have a little bit of overlap. By overlap, I don't mean they're doing each other's jobs. Like I always tell my clients, like I'm not an accountant. I don't crunch any numbers. But if you have an estate planning lawyer who doesn't understand tax at all, it, not going to be helpful. Like they should be able to have, you know, A, you're going to get a poor will drafted, but other documents. So I can tell them, all right, here's how the, the, this principle and concept of tax works. That way, not every time we have a tax question, we're stopping going, oh, let's call the accountant. Similarly, the accountant has to have some legal understanding and knowledge of going, you know, here's that, this is, this is even doable. This is it allowed or not allowed? So you still work very collaboratively. It's not, doesn't replace, but if someone is completely siloed going, as soon as tax is mentioned, the lawyer goes, nope, I don't know. Call the accountant. Plan's going to take a long time and, and usually it's going to have some issues.
2: I, I'd be curious to, to just come back to that one. Cause it is something that often you hear uh so much of, uh right. And we, we did touch on it, but you hear so much of, okay, that's mom and dad's advisor how do i know as the junior gen i'm getting a fair shake i guess i'd be i'd be curious to come back to that one for you read too i guess it's something um while we're on that one i think carrie and jolene spoke to it a little bit but are there things there too that you try to pull out from that junior gen side um or at least say hey if you've you know i understand mom and dad are the client but this is what you're trying to get accomplished as a farm family is there things that stand out to you there too
1: well, your, your advisor should be looking at more than just the senior generation or the clients that, you know, if you, if you do your job well, and hopefully the, the junior clients are then your clients as well. So they, you know, they definitely have a strong, but important voice and as they should. Um And I, yeah, I will very frankly say to them, okay, what, what are, what are your concerns here? And sometimes it's interesting. You'll get a phone call maybe after the family meeting and uh, one of the sons or one of the daughters calls and they'll say. You know, they, they didn't want to stay in the meeting. This is actually what I'm concerned about. You know, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't get along so well with my, with my brother's wife or this person or that person. Um, and so you, you know, you're having to juggle all those things. But, um, you know, if you, what I'd say, sometimes you do have different professionals had a real, real, uh, a tough one but between a father and a son and there was, there was zero trust. And so we actually did have we had to use two separate lawyers on that transaction. Very time consuming. It's very difficult. But if you have a family that has some some trust, you know, of course, there's always the bumps, um, but it's much more um, it moves much better if it is the same advisor. Um, and really you're you're after a family, because a family, if a family gets along together, the odds of the family su- you know, succeeding and carrying on are much higher. So the your professionals are actually vested in making sure this plan works well. I'll have some people joke, I'm not a divorcer, I will do any of it. So let's say, ah, oh, you just want everyone to fight, you know, everyone to fight, you'll make more money. It's not quite the contrary. This actually goes way worse than people fight. I don't enjoy my job nearly as much and it's a much poorer result. So you're trying to get everyone to get along.
0: If you haven't guessed by now, collaboration is important throughout the transition process. Advisors should collaborate together and key stakeholders of the farm need to work well together. Obviously, the transition process goes much smoother when you're all on the same page and want similar things for the future of the farm. This is why in the previous steps of the transition process, we focused on creating a shared vision. Thankfully, if you're struggling to find common values and create a shared vision with other stakeholders, the right advisor can help you do that too.
2: Do you have any kind of thoughts that are bubbling up now as as well, like uh, general transition advice or kind of, it's easy for that telephone game to happen, I guess. And we've talked about professionals doing it or coming in and, and there's always conversations a little bit of, you know, I went to my professional and they asked me what I wanted, um, right. How do I, how do I kind of anchor it in? But back to that line of questioning, if you had a farm kind of going through a process and writing it out, are there things that is having things kind of written down and put in writing of huge value to professionals so that they can kind of get something that everybody agrees there, agrees to as well. Hopefully that's not too leading, I guess, but, uh, but uh, Kari, I'd maybe start with you on that one.
4: Yeah, 100% written down. I think even, so it's, it's a whole part of communication. By having it written down, everybody's understanding the same thing. And it ensures that each generation plus the advisors have heard the same thing. I find too often everybody says, yeah, we're in agreement. And then it gets on paper. And they're like, oh, that's not what I agreed to because they assumed or or just heard it differently because they're coming from a different place so you know making notes clear having clear strategies goals whatever it might be but and concise and simple
1: um i would would agree with what Kari said is that the the exercise of the family putting it on paper is very helpful because it forces them to have a conversation and make sure you know and find out are they actually on the same page um or not so the exercise of doing that you know whether the actual piece of paper how much it's used it'd be it's amazing how how helpful that is that that perspective. Um, yes, a couple other things. What else? What other things could kind of be um, you know stick out? There's a couple key questions that I always like to ask. Um, you know, one my one of my questions is um, if they're looking at land, and um, they go, "Oh, we want to equalize this," and they have the idea of giving land to the non-farmers. My first question is always, "Have you talked to them? Do they want land?" You know, and you'd be amazed how often they go, no, I've never asked them. Well, let's not give them land if they don't want it. Um, you know, there's a lot of problems we can solve, if they don't, you know. Second my question then is, do we need the land? If you're gonna give them the land and the operation needs it, well then it's gonna we have to put certain documentation to deal with those with those issues. So that would be a common one. You know the next one is often for the non-farmers. What what do you want to get them? Are you looking to get them a certain percentage? Do you have a certain dollar figure? Do you want them to see be involved in the ownership? So those are some of the big questions that I usually want someone wrestling with and thinking about ahead of time. Um, and then as we alluded to earlier, what's our timeline? You know, if we're just talking about maybe doing this in the in the future or in the future in five years, okay, that's great, we can plan with that. Or is this something is this something we want to have happen um, next month? So those would be some of the key questions that I often am uh, asking people. There, what's you know, what what are we doing for the non-farmers? If we're if it depends on what we're given, then we may have to put some agreements in place. Um, what do you need out of the operation, either on an annual cash flow basis or lump sum? And what are the uh, what are the actual concerns we have realistically? Okay, and even if marriage is not one, it needs to be addressed.
2: Yeah. And, and I'm hearing a lot of like common themes there of, right? Of just that ability to be the sounding board a little bit and caution that, uh, as, as it comes out to ask those good questions. And, and I just want to say a huge, huge thank you to Reed, Jolene and Kari today for coming in and kind of sharing their expertise of working with farm families. Um, and really about building that transition team to get you support.
0: Well, what a privilege it's been to have such an all-star team of advisors on board for today's episode. How often, if ever, have you ever been able to hear from a business advisor, a lender, a lawyer, and an accountant at the same time? I hope all of you listening heard something that will help you move forward on picking some key experts. So what are some big takeaways from today's episode? I think one of the key things that resonated most was the need to be aligned with key stakeholders. It can be really difficult to know what you need help with and who to ask for help if you don't have a clear direction for your farm. In the last episode of the podcast, we talked all about setting your values, vision, and goals for your farm. Finding a shared vision prepares you for success in all areas of the transition process. If you can't find common ground, chances are you're going to struggle to move through the process. Thankfully, there are advisors who also help with this. They can ask you the key questions you need to answer to make sure you're doing what's right for your farm. This plays into the theme of collaboration through the transition process. Being collaborative with key stakeholders is important, but sometimes your advisors also need to work together. Be open to working with others and exploring your options. Another thing to keep in mind is that your transition plan will change as time goes on and new challenges arise. Similarly, your team of advisors might change too. Perhaps you need to find an advisor in a new area that you didn't need before. Or maybe an advisor you already have isn't quite working anymore for your current needs. Remember that your advisors work for you, so only you can decide who is a good fit. Your transition situation is likely going to be unique and will require a specific set of advisors. I like this idea of sort of interviewing potential advisors. Don't be afraid to reach out and ask a lot of questions to make sure you find the right people. This is your farm journey, and finding the right experts to help you is all about supporting that journey. Another thing I heard a lot of comments on was the overlap of advisors and having them collaborate. If that's something you're curious about, check out one of our episodes in Season 1, where a senior partner shared an example of how he does this, and a transition specialist shares the impact they've seen collaboration have. It's called Tales from Transition, a Senior Partner's Success Story, and it's Episode 7 of Season 1. Well, that's it for now. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. Do come back next time when we talk all about Step 5 in the transition process. Create a will and estate plan. And if you ever want to catch these conversations live while they happen, check out the show notes for details. We are starting to host events in person again, so you could catch these live convos virtually, or if you're keen to shake hands and chat over coffee, you could look for an event in your area. We hope you have a great day. And as always... Dream, grow, thrive. This podcast has been brought to you by AgExpert, farm management software designed for Canadian agriculture. Learn more at agexpert.ca. The FCC Knowledge Podcast is a Farm Credit Canada production.